just because she was so real to me and I wanted a real approach, I was like, this is going to be a camera on her. And I will try not to do a lot of like focus pulling or trying to focus on other stuff. I just really want the audience to connect as human to human and stay with her. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, director Blerta Bisholi discusses her new drama from Kosovo, Hive. The film recounts the true story of a woman who pulls together the other widows in her patriarchal village to launch a business selling a local food product. Their newfound independence draws the hostility of the men in the village, who condemn their efforts, sparking a feud that threatens their sovereignty and the financial futures of their families. Hive was screened as part of the DGA's Global Cinema Series, which aims to spotlight landmark foreign films by presenting screenings of contemporary, classic, and independent films, as well as conversations with their directors. Hive is Ms. Bisholi's feature directorial debut and earned her the Directing Award, Audience Award, and the Grand Jury Prize in the World Cinema Dramatic Category at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. Following the Global Cinema Series screening of the film at the DGA Theatre in New York, Ms. Bisholi spoke with director Nicole Cassell about filming Hive. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Congratulations. Um, so I've just seen this film for the first time as well, so I'm kind of absorbing. What a powerful experience. Um, I definitely feel transported to a story in a place I did not know. So thank you. As a director, I was kind of stunned and impressed right off the bat. That first shot, you know, it was going, it was, it was kind of into it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is one shot. And I was really um, thinking about your use of shallow focus and staying with her and then the choice to, you know, once she leaves frame to throw the depth of field and say, this is real. You know, I'm not trying to soften it by not showing it. Um, so I'd love you to talk about how you came up with that first shot. And, and also we spoke a little this morning, but I would love to hear your influences for the aesthetic of this film. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm glad you feel like that about the film, but especially about the first scene, because for me, it was like that in the script. And there were moments when, while you're talking and discussing on how this film should begin or like, uh, the script structure, there were moments that people suggested that maybe I should not start the film with the scene. And I even tried it in the edit and I was like, no, <laughs> this first scene was always there from the beginning and it just felt right to do it. Uh, partially because uh, when I met the real character, she was so strong uh, in front of me talking about everything that she has gone through. And I was like, how do you start a film for that kind of character? And of course, there were always discussions of like whether you should start it strong, should she be weaker at the beginning? And then and then maybe that she like is more empowered and stronger towards the end. But for me, she I think... Um, that scene really um, throws you in what she's going through and then and then gives you the hint of like what kind of character we're dealing here with. 
So she is someone that becomes stronger and more empowered, but she was a specific woman. That's why she did it all. Uh, and, and in terms of uh, influence, um, I'm really uh, influenced by a lot of filmmakers, of course. Uh, but for this particular film, um, I really looked into Rosetta from Darden Brothers and Mustang uh, from uh, the, the Turkish film. And it's, uh, um, but with Rosetta was particularly for the documentary and realistic approach and for focusing on the main character because because of the effect that the woman had on me, I really then decided that um, it would be really important to like focus on her the whole time and and just feel everything she's feeling uh, with her. Oh, incredible. And then I think it was the second shot. <laughs> I'm not sure. But when she, uh, no, it's not the second, but early on, um, when, so she then goes to the hives and then she's in the, looking in the mirror as she is looking, you know, feeling the wound. And I loved that you didn't go to her in the mirror, that you stayed here. And um, again, I was like, that's a really unique choice. And I, you know, and like, of course, my head was, I wasn't thinking analytically the whole film. I was much more, but in the very beginning, I, thought about that choice as, um, for me, it made me think, because you're saying I'm looking at the real person and not the reflection of, but I was, again, just struck by, that's a strong directorial choice. And and can you talk about that shot? Yeah. Uh, well, for me, it is, um, of course, I've done films that were more experimental, that were short films and films with really good compositions. And I really like that. But as I, I made this choice about how to approach this film when I met the woman, and actually I made the choice of what kind of film do I want to make after I met her in person, because I'd heard this for the story before, and I, I liked the story from the beginning, but then meeting her in person was not anymore a film that I, I liked the story about it, but I, it was the, the character that really um, encouraged me, inspired me, and, and still inspires me every time I, I meet her. Um, so in, in this sense, I really just wanted to, to feel real mm -hmm. the way she felt real to me when I met her. Mm -hmm. So I was really hoping, and, and I wanted to like people to connect from all around the world. Um, cause when you're making a film from Kosovo, it's a small country. A lot of people don't even know about it. A lot of people asked me, even when I came to school here, it's like Kosovo, where's that? Is that Croatia? I was like, no, a little bit below, but it's not Croatia. Um, but it's a lot of people didn't even know where it is or they knew about the war and that's it. So we end up a lot of time explaining things like becoming a little bit descriptive because we're so worried about, will the people understand the culture? Will the people understand the circumstances? And I, just because she was so real to me and I wanted a real approach, I was like, this is going to be a camera on her. And I will try not to do a lot of like focus pulling or trying to focus on other stuff. I just really want uh, the audience to connect as human to human and stay with her and, and hopefully feel real. And I'm glad you said that you felt that you're with a real character because mm -hmm. I, I really wanted as much as possible and as best as I could do it to not feel the camera or not feel the light. Everything was uh, very natural. A, a very few lights were used. Um, mm -hmm. Even even uh, the DP had the same feeling from reading the mm -hmm. script, which is why I wanted to work with him. 
because we really didn't want, I, I told him like, I'm, I'm okay. I respect your work and everything, but let's not try to put 20 lights in a room where yeah. we want to do something really realistic. We'll do whatever you have to do to get a good image. But I, I was like, that would be a little bit too much to like even concentrate with. And it is gorgeous. And did, um, did the DP operate as well? The camera? Yes. Okay. Yes, he did. And how many days did you shoot? We shot 28 uh, days, uh-huh. which is quite quick. The producer yeah. is here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and casting, how did you find, I mean, the whole cast is extraordinary, um, but I imagine finding your lead was, everything hinged on her and she was extraordinary. Can you talk a little bit about your casting process? Yes, I, I love that part um, because um, I really like um, ca- the casting process, but I also really love working with actors. Um, with Ulka Gashi, I was really lucky to have worked here while I was at NYU in my second year film. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it, it was this, um, I can't say it was a complete comedy, but it has a lot of comic moments to it. So it was a completely different role. But working with her, and and plus she's a really well-known actress in Kosovo, but then she took a really um, long break from acting. Um, I really just knew what I can do with her, and and I just knew that she's the right person because she's very talented, she's hardworking, and plus she had the right look of 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 that woman. So I thought that she, because of her attitude and everything, I thought she would be really the right person. And I'm and and I'm glad I did think like that because a lot of people were like, yeah, but she was a lot in TV series, uh, but she didn't play. Uh, I was like, no, no, she is the right person, and and I I think I'm I'm like sure for this, and I don't, um, I I didn't want to change my mind because I really fell in love with her being that, and it's really nice because. Uh, choosing her before even writing the script uh, made the writing process uh, oh, better wow. for me uh, and for her because she lived with the character same time as I did. So we both were thinking a lot about Fahri and what she mm-hmm. went through uh, throughout the whole time. And then with the rest of the cast, um, I did um, I did do auditions. I knew a lot of uh, actors. I've worked with them before, but then, um, some smaller roles, um, I auditioned and there's actors who I never worked before, but I'm happy I did because, um, we really try to create this atmosphere on set that everybody feels good. And then we, we feel the chemistry, uh, between the actresses, the way, the way the women in the factory had that good chemistry. Mm-hmm. When I visited them, the jokes they were making, the, um, uh, the laughs and, or, or even just the work they did together, it felt like really nice community. So I, I wanted to, to bring that to the screen a little bit. And the naturalism was amazing. Did, were any of the actors not actors that, you know, ended up have, being a part of the women's group or were they all actors? Um, they are all actors, actresses. One of them, uh, which is the youngest one who tells them, um, um, who um, Naza tells her to get married. Um, she is, um, she's not an actress, but she's been in films. Mm-hmm. I think she like naturally just liked uh, acting. So right. People, like directors uh, continue to um, cast her. And, and the boy is not an actor. Of course, he's like uh, very young, but uh, he only acted in a short film. But right. the rest are, besides extras, so the rest are all actors. 
Great. And the kids were fantastic. Um, the daughter just blistering. And was she a, is she an actor? Is she a young actor that you had uh, found or worked with? Yeah, I mean, she's the daughter of, of Lume, the actress who says everybody's uh, talking about you. And uh, she's been acting since she was two years old. Okay. <laughs> and I think she's been, her mother is as well, very famous actress, and mm-hmm. she's in a lot of films. Right. But uh, the daughter, she's like in many more films. Right. And I worked with her on, a, on my thesis film as okay. well. And she's just amazing to work with. Now she's a first year student at the acting uh, oh, really? program. Oh, but, amazing. But she has a lot of films. Yeah. Right. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your writing process because I thought um, I loved how little was said, you know, and I like I loved that it was subtle and in that it felt very real and that you also took, you know, when like when the daughter just says all those horrible things, there's no makeup scene. It's just life goes on and we don't, you know, some time has passed and her gesture of kindness is so subtle, but so powerful. And yeah, I'd just love to hear how your writing process and how you approached this one. Well, um, there's a little talking because we, we come from a culture where, well, first of all, because of like the way the woman was like talking to me and, and the the few expressions that she was giving when she was uh, talking about everything she went through. And, and I, I, keep saying this, but I could have made many films about her. And that was the hardest part on like, which part of her life should I focus? Um, because she went through a lot during the war and then she tried a lot of other things before be, uh, trying with Ivar and she just never stopped. Uh, like she made a lot, organized a lot of protests to find the missing people. So she was this really active person. But when she was talking about it, she was like really just as if telling me someone else's story. Mm. So I really wanted to like portray her silence because um, I was really amazed by it. I mean, I was in tears the whole time she was talking and she just really didn't change her face by, about saying about talking about it. And then when I asked her, did you, um, did you ever cry? I mean, like, and she was like, yes, I cried. Of course I cried. She was like, I cried every morning. And then I wiped my tears and went to work. And these kind of responses of hers, like that made her real to me mm-hmm. and that she's this superhero, but not a real, like, like not a super superhero uh, film, mm-hmm. uh, but she is a superhero. So, yeah. but she is a human one. So it's like even better. <laughs> they exist. Yeah. Um, so um, I really just wanted to portray her attitude, but also it comes a little bit from the culture because um, I mean, now it's changing, luckily, but it's not that we, I talk to my mom, let's say, but although I spend so much time with my father, um, it's not that I would talk to him about my relationships or, um, or some, some like more emotional things. And, and then I thought he doesn't even know that I had a boyfriend. And when I broke up with him, he just, he saw me that I'm sad. And he was just like, you're not the first, you're not going to be the last one. And I knew he's talking, I mean, I knew he's talking about the boyfriend. And besides that, he knew that I was with someone. He knew that I broke up. So I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know everything. But it was so cons- consoling, if yeah. that's the word. Yeah. It felt really good that he said that. Yeah. But I, I really, it, it was that kind of communication, even with, like, um, fathers-in-law and, like, 
as if talking with codes, but like really people who cared for each other, but not really, um, it was a little bit of a taboo to talk about certain things. And I wanted to use that on film because it's a little bit how I grew up communicating, maybe a little bit with my father, but then, uh, but then how I saw the people talking also to like their father-in-laws and how, how we just send messages for certain things. And I thought that would be interesting. And again, did not want to, uh, I, I I really wanted to more stay with the emotion rather than have to describe and what had happened and so yeah. that we don't end up reading a lot or like thinking of where, where is this happening. Right. Have the, have the, I take it the real people have seen the film and how did that screening go? That, that is the most stressful screening I've ever had because um, we were – I mean, before the screening, I called Fadi on, I tried to explain her during the whole process that this is not a documentary film and she had done documentaries before and that in fiction films, um, I'm recreating everything, everything you're saying, I'll try to make realistic, but first of all, I cannot put everything you're telling me in the film because it has to be an hour and a half, uh, approximately. Uh, but, um, as well, you've gone through so much, so it's going to be many films and, but I just really also didn't want her to to have different expectations. I wanted her to understand how does it work with fiction films. And then I told her there will be lines that or sentences or dialogues you never did, but you know I you you don't remember all the things you said. And then I have to I'm going to write uh, lines and things like that. Um, we called her, um, to watch, uh, I didn't want to show her, um, any rough cuts. Cause then I was like, maybe she won't like it. So we called her to watch the film, um, after it was, um, sound mix before color grading, but at least, um, I, I was, it has a sound mix and, and, and the music in it. And she, we scheduled and then she canceled cause she's busy and she's, she's dealing with her factory and everything. Um, so after we finished color grading and everything, me and Earl, who is here, the producer, um, we went to meet her and, and just show her the film because we had all the agreements and everything to like legally move on. But it was, uh, I, I don't know, uh, if we would have moved on had she said, no, I don't like this film. And so we went there, we played the film and waited for 83 minutes, looking at her face, no emotion whatsoever. So I could not tell does she like the film or not. Uh, and then at the end, and and then at the end she, but she did not even move. She just told everybody, do not open that door. I'm watching the film. And then she watched the whole film and she was like, okay, I like, I like the film. A lot of scenes are exactly how they happened. I love how Ulka portrayed the character but you should have let, let me hit the guy with them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. That's, but that's typical. Her. Right. Like, right. And, and, and that was like, Oh my God, I'm so relieved because I, do, I don't know what, uh, what would we do uh, if she had said, yeah. this is not me, this is not what happened to me or, or maybe if didn't feel re- it's not yeah. that we put something that didn't happen to her, but I was just afraid that if she's not going to agree with something in the film and then, um, I don't know, it wouldn't be morally okay for us to like, uh, continue with the film, but she said yes. And she's with us in many, she's coming to us as well. Oh, she's she been is. in many festivals. I was us. wondering, had she traveled with you at all? Uh, she, she, she haven't traveled, but she's coming, uh, in the next few Great. days. Score. Yeah. It's very minimal. Um, your, your use of score, but then, you know, very specific when you do and, 
I'd love to hear you talk about that, your process with music. Yeah, I'm, um, I love music and I, I think it's one of my favorite arts, uh, the way music makes us feel. I think it's hard to make you feel with other arts. Um, but um, when I'm making, like, um, I always use very little music and there are short films that I didn't use any music at all. Cause, um, and especially in this one, because it was realistic and I wanted to play with sounds more than with music and just wanted to stay in that real state. Um, I use music only when I thought that it's really an adding value to, to that mm-hmm. scene. And cause sometimes I'm, I'm afraid that we're just covering stuff with music so that it, it feels better. Uh, but um, I, I just really wanted always to use the music when it was necessary. And then and then that's always a struggle with the composer because they want more music. But uh, Julian was really uh, cool to work with. So he was like, I understand. I understand the approach. And, and of course, sometimes he had proposals where to put music that I didn't think of, but then I liked it. And then we and the second scene with the bees was not supposed to be with with music but I he really understood how I want to feel the real uh, moments and the, the real sound and he played around the the real sound with music and that was really um really nice so and did you do all the post-production in Kosovo no post-production was um a fun on its on its own because uh we I mean, Kosovo gives you very little funds um, from the cinema. Besides that they select, do a really good selection process, they don't have a lot of budget. So we really go, you, you're usually, but always we have to go to other countries for co-production funds. And that's like we went to Macedonia and Albania, but that's also a lot of money. And then Switzerland refused us once. And then the second time they gave us funds, like the, the public funds and, and the TV station. Uh, so we had to do the post-production um, in Switzerland oh. and it was pandemic oh. and no flights from Pristina. <laughs> so I had to go there once I went through Montenegro and they told me, no, you had, you don't have a COVID visa, go home. <laughs> oh, wow. And then I had to take another visa and go through Belgrade and it was a whole drama and sit down and color grading. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, but wow. we got it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and thinking just back to cast rehearsal, did you rehearse much or both with your lead and the group? Cause again, they, the connect, you know, you just really felt these women had known each other for years. Um, I'd love to hear your process and working with the actors. Um, yeah, well, I'll tell you first, like for all the women, a lot of them knew each other, but not, uh, but then a lot of them are really well-known actresses and played in, 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 especially three, three of them. And I really talked and I, I was lucky that I worked with most of them before, but when I was, I did a lot of talking to them rather than rehearsing. We, we rehearsed, we did table readings, mm-hmm. then we rehearsed them on set as well. But primarily I really talked to each of them, how important it is that we f- all feel good working together mm-hmm. And that all that we help each other on like deliver either delivering the lines or like just feeling comfortable um, performing with each other because otherwise we're gonna sense that um, I mean I know you're all good actresses and you're gonna do the lines and you're all professional but then I was like that little bits of like subtle moments that we're gonna feel if you have a good chemistry is not gonna be felt if you're just coming doing your job and not care about what's going on after we say 
they cut. Mm. And and they took that really seriously. And 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 one of the actresses, she was like the first time on on a uh, on a film, and she was very emotional. I was like, you, we should all welcome her because she's stressed mm. out, and let's make mm-hmm. make a good welcoming um, um, place for her. And they took that really seriously. I, I think partially because also it was. Um, because of the topic that it was uh, mm-hmm. dealing with the film and um but then also just they really um really took that seriously and then they worked with each other and they really had fun and the, in the dancing scene they were mm-hmm. like really laughing like it was it, i think i couldn't even stop them laughing anymore cuz they were like joking with themselves so that it feels like more of a, a fun uh really fun that they're not just acting and and laughing but they were really laughing with each other um but then with ulka um with ulka it was a lot of um we did do the lines and i but i did not worry about that cuz i knew that she's going to learn the lines mm. Um, but for me, it was a lot of talking about what we went through the war. Um, it was the first time I heard from her what she, how she left Kosovo, because at some point, although we lived in Pristina, we had to leave uh, the country with trains and, and what happened to her and the family and how she separated with her family. And my, I separated with my family as well. And like we were crying in rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of like digging deep on what we went through the war and then and then just trying to put ourselves in in Fahri's skin and understanding how is it to be her how must it feel must it have felt and still feels um to like lose someone and not know where they are um it's hard to lose someone anyhow but if you lost someone and you don't even know what happened to them or where they are or you don't even have a grave to like cry on i i think that must be really hard and she's yeah. like she even now she's uh, she when I asked her recently, um, do you still think he's going to come back? Do you still think about that? And she was like, yeah, sometimes I do. She was like, I, I sometimes still wonder what if he comes back? And I was like, that must be the most really horrible mm-hmm. thing to, to like feel for 20 years now. And that reminds me of the the very strong choice to break realism, to go underwater and can you talk a little bit how you came up with that that choice and um, did it feel it's a risky move as a filmmaker when you're so pure to one approach and just kind of how you came up with it and and the courage to stay stay with stick with it because it's very effective. I had to fight for that because mm. <laughs> first it was a difficult scene to shoot and the producers are like, oh, you have, you want rain and now you want underwater. <laughs> you know, they're just counting. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I want it. <laughs> but I was uh, like, I worked a lot as a first AD. So I was like, we can do it. <laughs> I'll be on time with everything. We can pull it off. I think it just came to me naturally because when I was talking to Fari and she was I mean, in these kind of societies, it's really important that the man is there, like the man of the house, you know. And and when when the man is not there, um, 
it's so important. It's so every day his absence is there. I'm like, mm. um, because you're, you're either hear gossips or you have to worry what you're wearing because now the husband is not here. If you wear very colorful, um, that must be like you're too inviting or something. You know, you gotta, his, pre- his absence is present in every space. Uh, and, and still you, and besides that, you feel the absence anyhow, but it's like um, mixed with pain and pressure and, and, and the wish to like see them and feel them. And, and sometimes we just um, try to find people in our dreams and it's always difficult because we cannot touch them. And, and the one time we see them, um, that's in the water and we can't even tell uh, the face and they're running away from you. Plus they were lost in, in the, it's, it, it's thought that it, they might have been thrown in the river. So to me, it, it a little bit just came as a, as a, um, as a vision that if we do something in the water, when you can hear him or see him clearly, plus he, he has, he, is uh, they doubting doubting that he is in the was thrown in the water i th- i thought that um makes it even harder for her to like uh plus she doesn't have many pictures of him so for me that was a, a little uh, very important moment um and it just came like that to me like while i was writing sitting alone in a room <laughs> uh but um but then a lot of um people who read the script and that we i was discussing the script with a lot of people really had doubts about that scene and that it's um, it's going to like be very awkward for the audience when they see it because of the style of the film and everything. And I was like, it's surreal to wait for someone anyhow uh, for so long. And I really think it's going to add something to it, to like how she's really feeling and um, and I'm glad we did it because, um, when a lot of people tell you, then you're like, okay, let me think about it. Am I the, yeah. the crazy one? Uh, but I'm glad we did it because I, I do, um, I do really love that moment a lot. Yeah. It, um, as you were speaking, it reminded me of Lynn Ramsey's first film, Rat Catcher. Oh, and I love that film. There's, and it's one of my inspirations. Yeah. And that, you know, again, extreme realism and then this amazing fantasy sequence. Yeah. And um, I remember studying that film and, and loving the permission it gave um, to the filmmakers. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it because mm. it was also one of my inspirations. I love that film and I watched mm-hmm. it so many times and I... And I love how she dealt with the death of the boy as well mm. and, and how you feel it throughout the film. So I think it it, it as well helped me a little bit um, on how to deal with a husband's um, absence mm-hmm. and, 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 and yet presence at right. the, the whole time. Uh, and you have incredible performances from men throughout the film. Was it hard to get the support of, of male actors in, you know, filming and in Kosovo because of the culture or has it shifted a little bit just regarding the patriarchy? Um, no, the actors did not have any, any problem actually doing that. And I, I was, re- I never worked with Chun Daichi, the, the father-in-law before. He is also a very well-known actor, uh, but he does a lot of poetry. So, and a lot of theater and a lot of TV series. So I was like, Oh, he's acting. I'm going to have a hard time um, having him do realistic, something realistic. But it was the producers who insisted. And we don't have many actors his age. I searched in Albania, in Macedonia, because there's Albanians in Macedonia, well, in Albania for sure, but in Macedonia as well. 
Um, so I was looking for like actors and an actor that I had in mind before he had passed away. So I was like really struggling with the old um, uh, actor and, and they, uh, the producers insisted on Chon. So I, I called Chon and I talked to him, but he, um, as soon as we did a couple of rehearsals, I, I, he was just uh, great and I loved him. And I'm, I'm glad that I really, re- I had really doubts about casting mm-hmm. him, but um, I'm so glad I did because I'm so happy I worked with him. He's just amazing to work with, but no, they were open. And then the extra, extras really did not know what they're doing. So. Right. <laughs> well, they, they were great. And I love the, um, again, just the subtle shifts of, of everybody, everybody actually does have an arc. At, there's growth for everyone, and it's so um, it's so generous to everybody, you know, and 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 sympathetic. Um, there's no even, you know, the the father just the you know you just really root us in their experience and their pain, so that you're not no one's the villain, and um, and just when. I felt so tense throughout the film, um, thanks to the rock smashing the window. And then when they smile, it's just such, it's such a reward. So it's, I just really applaud the subtlety and that just a very small smile can like make you glow. Um, so congratulations and a very, very courageous film and incredible first film. So bravo. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more from our global cinema series, check out episode 322 featuring director Alexander Morato discussing his film Seven Prisoners with Victoria Hochberg. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America 